Libby Writes with Brian Scott Libby. Transcript can be obtained by drinking a fifth of bourbon, ramming your head through some drywall, and then writing down every thought you have. What's up? I'm Brian Scott Rippey. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Rippey Rights Podcast powered by Twisted Tea. Today, we have Ole Miss tight end Caden Prescorn on the show to talk about his decision to return to Ole Miss, finding a home in Oxford, everything he's been through in the last year, both on and off the field, the momentum the Rebels are building towards 2024, the Peach Bowl, and a whole lot more. So buckle up. I think you'll enjoy this conversation. Before we get to that, though, I want to take one quick break to remind you. This podcast is brought to you by Seaspire. It's time to upgrade your home internet to the best service in the market with Seaspire Home Fiber. The past few years have proven how important it is to have a reliable home internet connection for you and your family. That's why Seaspire Home provides the most reliable internet service with 99.99% uptime. Seaspire also prides themselves in having the best customer service in the home internet market. Their customer service is award-winning local service based out of the Southeast with industry low call wait time. Seaspire provides one gigabit and 300 megabit internet packages to homes across Mississippi, Birmingham, and the Southern Alabama regions. Seaspire is also proud to announce the release of their brand new two gigabit and eight gigabit home internet plans. Save yourself the hassle by not waiting for your internet connection to drop with the other guys. Call or go online to cspire.com slash home today to use the promo code RIPPY, R-I-P-P-E-E, at checkout for one month of free service. That's right. Just for listening to this podcast, Podcast, you get one month of free service when signing up for Seaspire. Check them out, Seaspire, customer inspired. This podcast is also brought to you by Skybox Sports Picks. Look, I tried to tell you guys if you didn't sign up for Skybox at the beginning of the college basketball season when they put out their model, that is uh, on you because the last two weeks, Skybox clients are up 50 plus units total. They're up 22.4 units in the last week in college basketball. They rake it in every year. If you like college basketball and making money, which I don't know why you wouldn't like both of those things, you need to sign up for skyboxsportspicks.com. Go online, skyboxsportspicks.com. Sign up for a picks package that'll fit your price range. You can try it for a day, a week, a month. Hell, at this rate, if you're not signing up for the year-long all-access pass, I don't know what to tell you. You're just neglecting yourselves. Profit. Check them out today. You got NFL playoffs coming up. You got the end of the regular season. You've got college hoops that they absolutely mop up in every single year, just getting into full swing. It is a tremendous time to try Skybox Sports Picks. Don't be the guy paying the man every Monday trying to figure out where the money's coming from. Have him pay you and uh, get a little extra Christmas money in your pocket. Check them out today. They're absolutely crushing it. Again, 22.4 units just last week. How does that sound to you? Sounds pretty awesome to me. Check them out. Skybox Sports Picks. Dot com. Use the promo code RIPPY, R-I-P-P-E-E, and that'll get you 20% off. Check them out, skyboxsportspicks.com. This podcast is also brought to you by LB's University Avenue there in Oxford. If you're a Rippy Rights subscriber, that's rippyrights.substack.com. Get a free newsletter from me, plus discounted meats. Right now, if you're a Rippy Rights subscriber, just go in and show Greg proof of subscription. You get three six-ounce bacon-wrapped fillets for 20 bucks. If it's a $40 valuation, you're getting there for 20 bucks. Just show him proof of subscription. He'll get you all set up. Then go find your own favorites. It's the best butcher shop in the world. All kinds of delicious cuts of meats. Go to LB's this holiday season. It will make everything in your house better. People will be like, where the hell did you get this awesome stuff? Like LB's University Avenue in Oxford. It is a crown jewel of the South, a crown jewel of Oxford. Check them out today. LB's University Avenue there in Oxford. Okay, here's Caden. All right, we now welcome on Ole Miss tight end, Caden Prescorn. It's good to talk to you again. You guys wrapped up the regular season. You recently made a decision to return for another year. What uh, What's kind of your mindset right now? How are you feeling? I imagine it's pretty good to have some stability. Yeah, definitely. Just I'm just happy how the season ended. We finished 10-2. and two. Just getting healthy, finally getting healthy and having this time off to just prep for the bowl game and just try to go in the Peach Bowl. What was this year like for you? I know we talked in the preseason. Um, 
we talked a little bit after that and you get all the way through camp. You have that unfortunate foot injury that caused you to miss the first three games, but then you come back and you find your footing pretty quickly. As you kind of look back on this 2023 regular season, how would you describe it? What was it like for you? Uh, I feel like there was a lot of adversity throughout the whole thing, especially my foot that kind of sold me, that set me back a little bit. And even my dad just that throughout the season. So it's been, it's been pretty crazy last five months, but just, Really, kept football kept me like away from all that because how much and it's just that's one of the things that kept me away from all this stuff outside of football. So yeah, with all that, with all that throughout the season, but I'm just happy to finish how we finished as a team and and we get to go play in the New Year's Six Bowl, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, you guys had a hell of a year, and for you, you had to wait a couple weeks to kind of get it started. I'm just curious, like, you make it through the camp, you kind of got, you're finally in the SEC, you're ready to roll. How frustrating was it to realize you had just kind of what was a, you know, freak foot injury and it was going to sideline you a couple weeks? Was it hard to be patient to get back out there? Oh, yeah, it was definitely hard to be patient. I feel like during camp, I feel like that was probably maybe the best I was moving, probably maybe ever. And then just to be sidelined off a, just a just a weird injury that happened that happened and I feel like that just set me back a little bit that just set me back a little bit and it was hard the first couple games to really be healthy or even first three games to really even be healthy or even have like I was winded or the conditioning side was kind of because it was a foot injury so it was like hard to condition but I feel like the trainers and everybody they helped me helped me along the process and got me back right the conditioning is probably a pretty underrated aspect of it because when I was, we did a story obviously about a month ago um, and I was talking to your wife, Callie Ford, and she, one of the things she mentioned that I hadn't really thought about from that perspective was one, you get back and you play against Alabama. You hadn't really been able to do much for that. You mentioned the conditioning aspect, but then you kind of weren't practicing for the first couple of weeks after that. How hard was it to kind of get back in a rhythm and get back in shape when you don't have a normal weekly routine? I was definitely, yeah, it was definitely hard. It was really just, I couldn't until I got fully back healthy after the bye week going into Auburn. But, yeah, it's really just a lot of walkthroughs and just a lot of mental stuff because you can't take as many reps. So you got to lock in and on all all the other aspects, even if you're not taking any reps, like watching other players, watching the other tight ends, just walking through on yourself. I'd come in at night for a couple of weeks. For the first two weeks that I was playing, the Alabama and LSU, I'd come in at night and walk through extra reps because I couldn't. Do, do that many reps in practice so it was pretty it was pretty crazy you guys that doesn't go your way that day in Tuscaloosa and it was kind of one of those things where you chalk it up to every team every program really in any walk of life just some you kind of have bad days and I thought that week leading into LSU is very interesting I, I mean Kiffin talked about it publicly in his press conference about like you know you guys kind of felt the heat that you took and you realized it was a bit of a pivotal moment and you rallied and you had a huge win against LSU and then I think this team went on to kind of be defined by how they handled adversity. I think y'all trailed in the third or fourth quarter and half your SEC games. And every single time you ended up trailing, y'all went down and scored a touchdown. What was that week like for you? And did y'all feel like that was a turning point at the time that you knew you were good, if that makes any sense? Yeah, because we felt like at, Ale at Alabama, we had a we had a disappointing performance on offense all around. We just we felt that way. We all felt that way in the building and just we knew we had a good week. We needed to have a good week of practice, even though I was very limited, but we knew, we knew we had to come out and 
we knew we, we felt like we had to score because we know everyone knew how good their offense was going into that game. And when it ended up being a shootout, which is pretty crazy. We finally got – then we got to stop at the end. But, yeah, we just – we knew we had to come together on offense because the defense had us the week – stopped them the week before and we just put up a disappointing performance. But we came back the next week and showcased our abilities. That OSU game, you guys are down two scores with under nine minutes, eight minutes to go in the game. You come back, you score, you get a stop, you score again, and you get that last stop, as you mentioned – that I thought really kind of set the tone for the type of year that you guys had, because whether it was Arkansas or Texas A&M or a couple of the second half comebacks after that, Lane would talk about in his post game about how like every single time you guys got down, it just felt like you were going to score. Like nobody really blinked. They didn't flinch. And I know it's easy to say that, but it was, it was very evident watching you guys operate. Have you ever played on an offense or played on a team like that where something goes wrong, you guys don't really flinch, and it was almost automatic that you guys were going to come back and score a touchdown the next drive? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I feel, I feel like a lot – yeah, like you said, a lot of those games, the Arkansas, the A&M, even Mississippi State, we were down at, what, in the third? Yeah, third quarter. And we, we, and we didn't flinch. I think we went down and scored or, or got a field goal, one or the other. I think we scored because – Quinn Sean ran it in, but like I feel like the whole year we were like that. Just, just I've never played on a team like that, but I feel like we just got things going when when the pressure was on us most. You were one of the new guys that came in. Y'all had a lot of new faces on this team, and as Kiffin has been at Ole Miss, I guess we're now almost going on year five, which is crazy to think about. He's talked about the challenge of building culture and building team cohesive cohesiveness with a bunch of guys that are new you were one of those new guys how did you guys do that because it was very clear you were a tight-knit group by the way you handled adversity none of y'all ever folded it was clear it was a team that really liked each other what how does that come together in such a short amount of time because that's not an easy thing to do I feel like when me transferring I could kind of tell that we had a lot of like good players that are already here and good leaders on the team or like players that played a lot of football here like the old lineman, Dart played – you started last year. Q was started last year. And some of the defensive players like Cedric Johnson, Pegues, like a lot of those dudes. We had a lot of good people here. And then we just brought the, the portal kids. I feel like we brought a lot of older kids on top of that. It just – all they cared about was working, trying to play, and trying to make it to the next level. I feel like we – all of us just had a goal to try to get the best out of one another. And I feel like that showed on the field the experience part like when, like when we're down in games you can see the experience kick in that catch you had down the right sideline against auburn where dart fits uh fits it perfectly in the basket when something like that happens that was one of the wildest highlights i saw all year um really across college football is that one of those things like did you track it all the way in or is that one of those things where it's like oh all of a sudden it just like popped into my lap like when you have something like that that goes that perfectly what was that like for you as you caught it that was definitely both. It was definitely a great ball, and then just I just it was it was kind of right there and just fell in my lap. But yeah, that was pretty. It was pretty sweet, especially <laughs> at Auburn. Yeah, it was. And then you scored in the Egg Bowl in a game in a touchdown that really changed the trajectory of the game. I'm curious. So that was a hell of a draw up. Y'all clearly had the defense fooled. Do you ever reach a point like when something like that happens? Are you shocked? to be that wide open and this honestly may be a dumb question but is that harder where it's like i don't see anyone in sight i better not drop this 
uh, a little bit. It's a little bit harder. Not Knox Kiffin thought he said I thought you were gonna drop that. I told him he, he should know <laughs> better than that. But yeah, it's definitely a little more challenging because nobody's near you. But I feel like going into the game, the film study they showed, we it was gonna have a chance when we got to one of those short yarders, like fourth and ones, fourth and twos, and they end up being wide open. When you pull out of a play, when you pull out a play like that in a situational thing, and it's clearly like as you just mentioned, y'all prep for it that week. Do you kind of have a hunch, like going to the line of scrimmage, that hey, we could really fool them here, and this could be a wide open touchdown? Yeah, JJ JJ said something before the play. He's like, "You better go score from far." And I was <laughs> I, I laughed at him, and then it ended up happening, which is pretty funny. What was that? Yeah, so, so we he kind of knew too, but it's probably gonna be wide open yeah that was uh it was a hell of a play what was your uh first experience of cowbells like i never forget the first time i covered a game there i swear to god i thought my ears were ringing the next morning what was it like playing in an environment like that yeah that was actually my second time my first time was oh that's right year. you went there with memphis yeah last year at memphis first game of the year those cowbells i was like oh, i've never seen something like this <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. For you this year, how long did it take you to feel like I'm all the way back? I'm curious. I know we talked about the practice element and the conditioning of it. Was it did it take a couple of weeks to feel like yourself? I'm just curious if you ever hit a point. It's like, okay, like this is this foot thing's behind me. I am all the way back. I'd say a little bit during the Auburn week, most really the Vandy week, I really felt like healthy, like I was moving the way I wanted to move again. The Vandy game. But then Georgia game, then I think it was what we go Vandy AM. Yeah, Vandy then, AM. Yeah, then the Georgia game. I got a uh had a hip a huge hip contusion. So I kinda but out Vandy game I got healthy. Vandy game, I felt like I was moving like in camp. And I imagine that's a pretty good feeling to have late in the year, but it's tough for like this season for you. We heard all about through fall camp that you were going to be a core piece of this offense. And you came back and you, you really didn't waste a ton of time making your presence felt, but I'm just curious, like, do you feel like it would have been a hell of a lot easier to get in a rhythm earlier if you had had those first three games? Cause I know when you kind of get in the grind of the season, the week to week, it's kind of hard to change, you know, who you distribute the ball to and where, like, I guess if you were trying to describe to someone how crucial those first three games would have been for you to have, like, how would you describe that? Yeah, definitely. I feel like just – I feel like me and Dart were getting on, a, like, a good page. Like, we're kind of – he was kind of – I feel like we're kind of trusting each other more. And just with me going – then I went down and then it was kind of just hard to get back into the rhythm because when I got back, like, he, like they didn't know how much I'd play or if I – or, like, if I'd only play, like, a couple series or – it was just so many unknowns. And then – uh, just not even be able to get those practice reps, even throw with the quarterbacks or any of that. Like it's just it's it's challenging. But then I got I feel like I got going going towards the end. Yeah, definitely. It felt like you're best you're playing your best football toward the end of the season. And so as you look back at this year, and I know you had a decision to make and you ended up returning for this coming season. What went into that decision? What were kind of the factors you had to gauge and what ultimately led you to wanting to come back for another year? Uh, definitely. I feel like really the some of the pieces coming back, and then really 
just me being hurt, just I feel like I have to – I feel like if I come back another year, just being fully healthy, it'll, it'll just help me, and I feel like in the long run. It's um, – going into next year, you guys have early kind of been the story of the offseason. What's it been like for you where, you know, another one guy announces he's coming back, and then you announce you're coming back, and then you get a couple other pieces, and then y'all – I mean, as we record this podcast a few minutes ago, landed a huge mm-hmm. de- defensive land in the transfer portal. It feels like you guys are building a ton of momentum, and I know you have one more game left in the season. You guys are focused on that bowl game. But as players, as you each one of you keeps deciding to come back, can you guys sense the momentum you have going into next year? Because as someone who's been around the program a long time and you know, watched Ole Miss football, covered Ole Miss football, I can't really remember anticipation for the next season starting this early, um, really in a long time. Can you guys sense that as well? Yeah, yeah, I sense it. Especially with, I feel like our whole offense returning, maybe get a couple more pieces. And then just adding defense, keep adding, just keep adding defense players, and the, the class they got coming in. It's there's a lot of, a lot of momentum in Oxford. Yes, there definitely is. And for you, obviously, I mean NIL, it's it's here. It appears here to stay for the time being. And you guys started, I mean, excuse me, you started your college career when NIL wasn't a thing, right? I mean, it's crazy mm-hmm. to think about like back to 2018 when you get to Memphis, and where we are now in college athletics. It's crazy. It really is nuts. I mean, if, if people had started saying stuff like collectives and portal and NIL and all that stuff in 2018, it would almost felt like a foreign language for someone like you, when you're weighing a decision like that, how hard is it to kind of wrap your head around the whole thing? Because in normal, like, you know, previously for however long college football has existed before this, it's kind of like, do I go to the NFL or to kind of refine my skill set, get more on tape and come back. But you had like real financial and monetary decisions to weigh, how what was that like kind of getting your head around that and deciding kind of what's best for you and in your case your family going college versus pro because this is really something that's never really happened before in college athletics mm-hmm. it's yeah I feel like it's never really happened I feel like you kind of seeing a lot of players come back that are like on the edge like should I go pro or I feel like a lot of them are take it like a lot of them if they don't feel like feel fully comfortable they're just going to take their extra year and just get the nil money because they feel secure and it's another year of college football which is there's nothing like it but i feel like <laughs> it definitely is something we've never seen in college football ever it's, it's wild <laughs> it really is it is wild and for you you've experienced a lot this year and it's it, we documented all of that in that story and it's You've had a, to live a lot of life in the last five months, 12 months, however you want to frame it. Is there, now that you've decided to come back, is there a part of you that kind of relishes the stability? It's like, okay, I know where my feet are going to be for the next 12 months, 13 months, whatever it is. And I can kind of fo- finally focus on this one thing. I know I'm going to be in Oxford. You've had a whirlwind of an experience the last 12 months. Is it nice kind of having some stability, knowing where you'll be at for the next year or so? Oh yeah, definitely. Just knowing now I know all the people, know the coaches, and just know – I really just know – I feel like I gained a lot more connection to Oxford, and I just feel like just coming back and stuff like – and just being a part of it, I just – I can't wait to just keep – can't wait to finish out strong this season and go into next season. We'll get back to Caden in just one second, but before we do, I want to take one quick break to remind you. This podcast is brought to you by Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your 
Go to Game Day Beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any other hard beverage you've ever had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up on any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to Elevate your game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experience. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. This podcast is now brought to you by MC Speech Therapy. Has your child been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder or another developmental disorder? MC Speech Therapy offers private speech therapy from the comfort of your own home. Other centers may leave you as the parent sitting in the waiting room. MC Speech Therapy enables parents to make every moment with their child therapeutic. Using a relationship-based framework, MC Speech Therapy can help your child engage, relate, and communicate. Mary Claire Boudreaux's doctorate-level expertise and passion in helping children with communication difficulties offers articulation and language therapy, parent training, and is licensed to do virtual therapy across the state of Mississippi. With MC Speech Therapy, you and your family will gain a better understanding of your child while cultivating stronger relationships. For service today, call 903-824-8575 or email her at maryclaire at mcspeechtherapy.net. That is M-A-R-Y-C-L-A-I-R-E at mcspeechtherapy.net. All right, back to Caden. And it even goes back before that, right? I mean, you you leave Memphis, you come to Ole Miss. Like geographically, it's not a far drive, but it's a different. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a far distance, but like it's a different town. You're having to adjust to different things. Um, you have a family that you bring down here. One of the things that I think is often underrated in that is like how you felt like you guys have ingratiated to Oxford. It seems like you guys are very happy here. What's it been like, kind of having some time now to kind of adjust to the community and, you know, life is living in Oxford for longer than, you know, five, six months. Cause I end up, honestly, I didn't know until Callie told me when I was talking to her for that story mm-hmm. that you had another year, I was like, Oh, Holy shit. Like he actually can come back next year. What's it been like you guys getting settled here in Oxford? Yeah, it's been awesome. Just getting settled and just being a part of the community. Uh, we've, we, we loved it here in Oxford every, every step of the way. And just, we look forward to more memories. It's been a pleasure to getting to know you guys a little bit and, and knowing your story and kind of everything you've got gone through to get to where you are this year. For you kind of entering your last year of college football, I imagine you you have a level and a depth of experience entering a new season going into next year that most guys don't have, right? You've been playing college football a long time. How valuable is it kind of knowing how the process works, how to get ready for a new season, everything that goes with it? Because, you know, you've had three or four off seasons to now kind of, you know, train and get ready for that. How valuable is that? Yeah, I feel like it's very valuable. Just, just, I feel like just knowing, especially me already knowing the offense, just another year in the offense, that's like that little stuff like that, knowing just, Knowing the people in the building, knowing people outside the building to help me with just anything. I feel like that's a huge experience gain going into next year. Um, and just I just got to do my part with all the little things, taking care of my body, both ways, eating and off the field treatment, just stuff like that. And just keep getting keep getting better because the main goal is to play at the next level and just, just got to keep getting, getting better to strive to get to there. 
Your uh, John David Baker takes the offensive coordinator job at East Carolina. When a coach leaves, it's a head coach. Oftentimes it's a different feeling, right? You can feel in the moment. I imagine for you guys, if it's ever happened to you, like, okay, what the hell is going on here? It's a whirlwind. But when you see a guy like that, that goes from position coach to getting to call his own offense and kind of getting his opportunity. What was like when you heard the news, what was your reaction? It seemed like it was just general happiness. It seems like you guys loved that guy and you were happy to see him get his shot. When you heard that news, what was kind of your reaction? Uh, I was, I'm fired. I was fired. I'm fired up for him to get, for him to get to call his own offense. And I feel like that's awesome. Cause that's something I want to do when I'm done playing football. And I feel like that's awesome. We, me and me and Walker Howard sent him a picture of the phone when we saw it <laughs> and we, we gave it to my son and sent him a picture when he was holding the phone. So it was pretty funny. He laughed at it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, pretty funny. So, so we, yeah. The article. No, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. So it was like the article when they said he's going to East Carolina. We we joked with them. We we had Mac hold the phone, my son. <laughs> and we had Walker take a picture and <laughs> you could just see John David Baker takes the OC job at East Carolina. It was funny. It's a funny picture. He said he's gonna hold on to it forever. That's <laughs> funny, sir. The but I would I wish him nothing but the best and I I love him. I feel like it was an awesome it was awesome to be around him a year, and hopefully, I feel like our futures will tie us back together one day. Absolutely. And now we get into the hard-hitting stuff. I was sitting here watching a uh, TV show with my fiance the other night, and she's looking at her phone, and I look at the video, and I was like, is that Mac? And she was like, yeah, it is. Uh, is your son now more famous than you? Yes, I, <laughs> I think so. I think he's – I think a lot of places I go now, they just ask for my son. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're back. They don't even care about me. I feel like that's how it's always been, though. Yeah, he's a good, he's, he's incredibly he's adorable. More kid. known. <laughs> I saw you actually the other night at Chick fil A. I was in the drive through line and y'all were sitting there. I think it was like Monday or Tuesday. I had to look over and I was like, oh, holy shit, that's Caden and Mac. I didn't like honk or cause a scene. That would have been weird, but it was like, it looked like you were trying to get into eat a little bit. It was just funny because you're like such a big guy and then like a little oh, Mac yeah. sitting next to you. And I was like, I should take a picture of this, but I was like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I remember that he was yeah he did not want to eat he just wanted to stand up and go under the table <laughs> for a guy like you you've been around you're an older guy you have a family as well is does that help in your motivation on a daily basis I mean you have a son you have another child on the way is whether it's seeing Mac or knowing you have another kid on the way how how helpful is that in kind of centering your focus on what you want to do and where you want to go and I imagine that has to be something that keeps you pretty motivated every day Oh, yeah, definitely motivates me every day because he's my world. And my favorite part of the day is when I come home and see him and he runs to me and says, da, 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 da. And he, he screams it. And I just, it's just, I feel like there's no better part in the world than seeing that every day. And I feel like that just keeps me going each and every day just to keep getting better and just do whatever I can to reach my goals. And, and that, that, help, that helps a lot. As we kind of wrap this up, as I know we talked about everything kind of you've gone through in the last year or so, are you do you feel like you're kind of happiest, whether it's football and life balance between you kind of now have stability? Is this kind of the most content you've been in a football since since you really really left high school? Yeah, definitely. Just I love it here. I love everything about it and just and then having a family in Oxford and then having another one having another baby girl on the way, just I do feel at peace.
Who's the toughest guy you had to block this year? Toughest guy I had to block? Probably one of those A&M D linemen. One, probably one of, yeah. Probably one of those A&M D linemen. I blocked some good. I feel like every week you're playing someone good. It really is. I mean, that's, that's kind of the nature of the SEC, right? The, like, you can sense it, though. Like, when you're having to go hit a guy, whether it's Walter Nolan or whoever else in the defensive line, can you tell early on in a football game, it's like, this guy's going to be an absolute pain in the ass to block for the next three hours? <laughs> yeah. Oh, especially in SEC, every other – every whether you're blocking a D-line in the corner or safety or linebacker, one of them's going to the NFL. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. You don't even have to know who they are. It's like, yeah, one of these yeah. guys will probably be playing on Sunday here pretty soon. You guys finished up the year 10-2. and two. You're headed to an Access Bowl. It's the program's fourth New Year's Six game since the concept was, you know, happened about a decade ago. It's the second in the last three years. It's interesting. People talk about, like, the devaluation of bowl games and guys opting out and stuff like that. But when you're playing in an important one like you guys are, that's not really the conversation I know you have a long layoff, but like, how excited are you guys to get back on the field and play on a big time stage against a big time Big Ten opponent like that? Oh, we're really excited to go play, especially in a New Year's Six Bowl prime time. I think we're the only game down at eleven that day. That even that part and just playing New Year's Six and going. Like I can't wait. I've been to I've been to New Year's Six Bowl my freshman year when I was. When I first got to Memphis, I feel like that was the best thing. When we played in the Cotton Bowl versus – actually, we actually played in the Cotton Bowl versus Penn State. Now I'm playing them at uh, – playing them this year. So, it's pretty awesome. I can't, I'm can't. i looking forward to, it, forward to it a lot. As you mentioned, you've done this before, this whole screwed up ca- calendar we have with college football. What's it like, like, finishing up a regular season and then you kind of go a month sometimes or more where you don't have a game? Like, what is that like and is it – is it weird being back on the field and game ready after you had four or five weeks off sometimes? Like, how how do you adjust to that? I like it because you get to kind of rest after the season a little bit for like a couple of days, at least just do light stuff. And you kind of get back into it doing these practices. But I, I like it a lot. I feel like it helps. For me, it can be an older dude. It just helps my body. And, and I feel like in that aspect, I feel I like it a lot most mostly. One thing I missed here, and so I'm looking down at my notes and my questions, Jackson Dart, a guy who took a, I mean, it's a similar path to you. He, he went to one school and then ended up at another, and he was kind of seeking the same things you were, some stability and kind of a chance to let his talent shine. He's a guy that took a beating this year, whether, I mean, physically, definitely. When you have a guy like that to where there were several times this year, I was like, oh, he's probably hurt. He's probably not getting up. And almost miraculously, he got back up every time. When you have a guy running your offense like that, he's you guys seem to gravitate around his toughness to some degree. What's that been like for you to witness now as his teammate over the last you know three months or so? Yeah, it's been for seeing him, seeing some of the shots he takes. I I've never seen that before, but yeah, he's just a tough competitor. You just don't find too many of those in in college football or even I feel like in today's generation, just how much he loves to compete and just. His, and especially his toughness, he, I mean, he shows that on the field each and every week. Whether shots, what, him not sliding as a quarterback, just any of those little things. As it's just, it's just awesome to play with and be a, be a part of. And I just, I look forward to going into next season with him. Last thing I have for you, I know we talked about the momentum you guys are building. 
you now have the chance to go play in the bowl game and then kind of turn your attention next year's season. And I know you guys were very confident you were going to be good this year, but do you think as your preparation and the buildup, whether it's spring or fall camp or the summer in between, with all the momentum you guys have, the guys you have coming back, you at the core of it as well, do you think this next off season and build the next season will feel a little different? Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like we got a lot of keep, we got a lot of huge, key, huge pieces returning and just, we got, like I said, the freshman class coming in, some of these younger dudes stepping up and even bringing in portal kids. It's just a mixture of all those. I feel like we got, we're going, we've got a lot of momentum. Go ahead and, <laughs> a lot of momentum in Oxford, I like to say. Absolutely. Caden, I really appreciate the time. This is everything I had for you. Selfishly, I'm glad you're coming back so I can, you know, see you guys every now and again. Mm-hmm. It's been a pleasure getting to know you guys some. I appreciate you joining the show, man, and we'll talk sometime soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We, yeah, we definitely we got we gotta go golf again. Hell yeah, we do. You're gonna we, we will make a hell of a scramble team. You <laughs> you bomb it out 300. I can handle the wedges. I, I we we could take some money on the golf course and stuff. <laughs> I agree. We definitely gotta go golf though. All right, that's gonna do it for the show today. We'll be back after Christmas with Weldon, probably a Penn State guest, get you geared up for the Peach Bowl, as well as everything Ole Miss has done in the recruiting and the transfer portal. Hope you have or are already having or had a very safe and happy Christmas or Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you again soon.